Whether you're starting a game or starting your day, you need to pick a starting lineup, and you're going to want the starter from Jack Black. Loaded with the superior skincare the pros love, Kings fans can get the starter for just $10, shipping included. Available exclusively at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, the starter has four of Jack Black's best-selling skincare and shave products, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm, SPF 25, in natural mint. Here's to the winning combination for 2022, the LA Kings and the starter from Jack Black. $10 plus free shipping, available at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB while supplies last. You're listening to an LA Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit LAKings.com slash podcast. Peterson had lost it, given away to Buffalo. Tops it out of front, yeah. stopped by Peterson! Teddy Bell saved from Peterson. To You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the LA Kings. Kings stretch it ahead. Athens, see you two on one with Lazard. He scores! Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. This is one of those annoying weeks where the Kings play on a Sunday, then again on a Monday, meaning we've got an episode nestled in between two games, but at least this is the last time this season. Hopefully you get to hear this one before the Bruins game. Uh, Even if you don't, I would still recommend going back and listening to the episode we released this weekend following the Columbus game. I spoke to Russell Morgan immediately after the Blue Jackets game. Then a really great conversation with Jack Han. Every conversation with Jack Han is great, but this one in particular, some really good stuff in there. I highly recommend you go back and listen to it. This episode, Zach Dooley helps me crown a king of the week all the way from Boston. Then Blake Lazant joined both of us to talk about Batman, hockey, going to the beach, all sorts of stuff. Hope you enjoy it. Time to crown another King of the Week, and we are going duly heavy this episode. So joining me this week to uh, crown that King of the Week, Zach Dooley. How are you doing, Zach? Jesse, I like that you just kind of get me out of the way. You just fire me <laughs> in for a full episode, and then maybe we'll talk uh, We'll talk yeah. come April. I mean, I see you all the time. <laughs> you're on the road though right now how are the crowds in uh in dallas columbus and buffalo you're in boston right now yeah um you know pretty solid uh the buffalo crowd was was very um iofalo family heavy a lot of iofalos in the crowd uh in buffalo and solid crowds in, in dallas and columbus i felt uh good atmospheres a couple of good games for them to see too two one goal games Obviously, you weren't out like on the concourse surrounded by Blue Jackets fans in that overtime, but was the crowd as unhappy in person as they sounded on television? Yeah, it was weird. You heard one guy in the upper bowl kind of where the press box was, was like, oh, he's offsides when he saw the replay. But then the (laughs) same guy was the loudest guy booing in the building when they actually called it back. Um, Sometimes you wonder, you know, when they know in the booth that it's going to be an unpopular call. A lot of times they won't put the replay on the screen. However, on this, in this instance, they did play the replay in slow motion. So you could Mm. clearly see um, that the play was offsides. Everyone saw it. And then there was still, you know, the, the obvious booze as you know, any fan group would do when the call went against them. So they were, they were pretty upset. um, But I I thought it was pretty clear that they got the call, right? I got to say, I, it worked out for the Kings, so I'm thrilled with the results. But generally yeah. speaking, I am not a huge fan of. Oh, calling. and you're not you're not in the in the minority either. Yeah, I and mean, that's a pretty standard thing. I'm, I'm, I'm here's so uh, Cameron Close and I talked about this on the Rest in Peace Rainy Day podcast uh, mm-hmm. one time, and I was in one of two camps. I'm either 
you do offside reviews and you do it as long as it takes to get it right or you don't do it at all. I don't care about the time that it takes. If you don't want to do it, I'm, I'm okay with that. You go with the human error of officials and that's fine. It's fair both ways. But if you're going to do it, it doesn't bother me how long it takes. Just do it and get it right. Yeah, I don't mind how the length of it or the timing of it. For me, it's just I wouldn't do it. Like I which don't, is, which is totally fair, right? Like it's, I don't care that he was half a stride over the line before the puck crossed. They it at normal speed to the average human eye, those three dudes hit the zone at about the same time. <laughs> I mean, I was watching it and I was totally focused on the wrong guy. Right. Like yeah. I thought it was the guy on the left wing. And right. I was like, no, he's not. But then you see yeah. Zach Wierenski fire through the middle and he's offside. And you don't yeah. even don't even realize it. So it was an interesting play for sure. And pretty big turning point for the Kings. Yeah. So let's get into the King of the Week. We're covering four games. This is one of those rare occasions, annoyingly, where we're, rec- we're recording in between two games. And uh, this will post on a game day. So uh, this includes the 07 loss to Boston, the 3-4 loss to Dallas the 4-3 win against Columbus, and then the 3-0 uh, victory over Buffalo. Sort of a, uh, you know, like a spectrum. A of, yeah. <laughs> well, almost like a perfect spectrum of fan happiness from start yeah. to finish, right? <laughs> Starts with a shutout like, loss. Yeah. Ends with a shutout win, and then two 4-3 uh, games. All right, so we'll start out with you. Uh, any honorable mentions this week? I have two. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with one, um, Andreas Athanasiu. And he okay. played in one game of the four. But he made an impact in the one game that he played. He comes in. He was healthy scratched in the first three games of the week. He comes in against the Sabres. He scores two goals, one the empty netter, one a very nice goal on the two-on-one. That's a pretty challenging situation, I think, to come into. You're on a line you've never played with before. Um, it, it changes the identity of that line when you replace Brendan Lemieux, a gritty forward with Athan CU, a very speedy, skilled forward. Um, and I, I thought that he played quite well in that game. And his style of play can turn a zero zero game into a one zero game with the snap of a finger. And he's just got that game breaking ability to him. So he's going to be my first honorable mention of the week. And the second honorable mention is going to go to the situation room. Uh, <laughs> big, big factor. You know, I thought about, thought about a runner up nod here, um, mm-hmm. but we're going to go with honorable mention. The situation room played a pretty big role. They sure did <laughs> in uh, turning around that Columbus game. Made me look pretty stupid on Twitter um, by tweeting that the Kings had lost. Um, so we're going to put the Situation Room as an honorable mention this week. What's the, uh, I learned recently that the expression, the early bird gets the worm, actually has a, a second half to it. I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, the, well, I think I'm now, I should have looked it up before I even opened my mouth, but I believe <laughs> it's the, uh, but the second mouse gets the cheese. Um, so sometimes, sometimes it's good to be the fastest one on Twitter. Sometimes it's better to be. Uh, yeah, following up, but I, I like those uh, honorable mentions. My honorable mention this week is going to go to Quentin Byfield because he's the only king who played all four games last week and wasn't on the ice for a single goal against. And in considering that there were seven goals against in Boston, four goals against uh, in Dallas, three goals against in Columbus, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, so, congrats, Quentin Byfield, for the honorable mention. Who's your runner up this week? I'm going to go with Arthur Kalia for the runner up um, had a big point against Buffalo started the play on a Athanasius goal. And obviously the two goals against Dallas and why I'm going to pick him is I really liked how he got his goals. Uh, the first goal is the one that's maybe less talked about because it wasn't the power play one timer, but he made the defensive play. He showed that he can lead the rush 
in transition. He had the hockey sense to cut to the middle, use the defenseman as a screen and fire at home using his gifts. Um, I liked that play so much um, just because he made an impact in all three zones and did it all himself, kind of overcoming what a lot of people say are his flaws by showing you that he can play defense. He can skate fine in transition. He can do these things well. Um, and then the play that he made on the Athanasiu goal, it's a little play, but it's the things that we've heard so much about, how he's improved on the boards. We saw Daddy from the puck. Kaliev makes the play on the boards to spring Anderson as the second defenseman. Anderson hits Athanasiu. And it's that little play, those little things that Kaliev is starting to do that are starting to be impressive, and he's using the shot to go along with it. Um, so I'm going to go with Artie Kaliev as the runner-up. He's my runner-up as well. And play-by-play is a mystifying job to me. You know, I've had people ask me sort of in a friendly way, like, oh, you know, do you ever think about doing play-by-play? And I always say, no, I absolutely not. I've never had any interest in it. I think I would be terrible at it. I have nothing but respect and awe for the people who are <laughs> good at it. I was going yep. to pull that Kaliev clip uh, of that goal where he makes the defensive play. Right. But here, here's how impressive that defensive play was. Alex Faust was so enamored of it and so impressed by it that, you know, in the 1.5 seconds it took Kaliev to move up the ice to take the shot, Faust was still raving about the defensive <laughs> play. <laughs> and so it's not exactly a smooth, you know, like in the moment you're not thinking about it because, you know, he yells, he shoots, he scores. But for the purposes of like playing just the audio of the highlight, it, it wasn't perfect because he's too busy talking about what a great play it was. And it was, and he's right to do it. Um, and then that power play blast um, from Kaliev uh, over there on the right side. Yeah, he's, I mean, I didn't realize it, but 11 goals in 56 games. And now that, you know, possibly Lemieux and possibly Arvidsson are going to be out tomorrow, you have an opportunity slash crisis. <laughs> um, there's a Simpsons joke in there somewhere to really sort of, at least for one game, remake the lineup. Um, without hurting anybody's feelings or disrupting chemistry or or with the understanding that it could just be for one game. I'd be really curious to see if Kaliev doesn't get a little bit more playing time against Boston um, later tonight, if people are listening to this on Monday. Won't hurt my feelings if he doesn't, but you know when you hear management talking about how they expect him to be in a top six role next year, mm-hmm. you can see why and and... I think he's really beginning to show, to your point, the the different aspects of his game that would make me feel super comfortable with him in that role. It's certainly the time to maybe give it a go, right? Because yeah. a lot of the reason of keeping him where he is is comfort level, it's familiarity, it's workload. He's handled all of those things extremely well, having the same line mates, having the same role, not being overextended, I think has been really good for him. He said it himself uh, when we were in Vegas. Todd McClellan said it when we were in Vegas. Like Those things are really good for Artie. And every time you see people tweet, why isn't he here? Why isn't he there? Why isn't he on this line or that line? Because what he's doing is working. But right now, um, potentially, that line isn't available. Um, so you're right. Maybe there is an opportunity. You can play him in a different role. See how he handles it, right? You're on the road. It's a tough situation. But you're going to need some goals you know, in that game. And, and maybe maybe there is an opportunity there to, to give him some extra minutes when others are out and let him be that next man up who could step into a bigger opportunity. I can't remember if it was 2012 or 2014. But there was a conversation about the lineup decisions that Daryl Sutter was making. And when the playoffs finally rolled around, the answer was given. And it was, it's great if you can go 82 games with all four lines staying 100% the same and never changing. 
But in the playoffs, when the game tightens up and and you're playing the same opponent four, five, six, seven times in a series, they're going. They have coaches too, right? They have scouts right. too. They have a right. video department. They're going to learn the strengths of your team and they're going to construct defenses and strategies to shut down those strengths. We heard Jim Fox talk about this on, on the sly, your team needs to be able to adapt and adjust. Mm -hmm. And this is an opportunity to learn, okay, you know, what else can you have besides these familiar line combos? Like I said, without hurting anybody's feelings, without disrupting chemistry, without anything like that. Anyway, uh, King of the week, Zach, who do you have? I feel like we're going to probably have the same answer here too. Um, and I'm going to go with Victor Robertson yeah. <laughs> as the king of the week. Um, the historical implications of what he did, the importance of what he did to get the Kings a very important two points, um, I think have been stated absurdly. Um, much of you saw the stat about the hat tricks with him and uh, Robertson in Dallas. First time in NHL history that two players have scored the third goal of a hat trick as the overtime game winner on the same night. I didn't see that. <laughs> Um, NHL PR had that one. And I also saw as I continued to read that there have been more hat tricks through this number of games this season than any other year in the past 25 years. Huh? So for the place in history, but more importantly for this podcast, the fact that Victor Arvidsson was incredibly important in the two points in Columbus, he is my King of the week insert sound effect. Yeah, well, I agree with you, and uh, I decide where the sound effect goes. For, for oh, first yeah, of all, sorry. you can cut, cut it. You can cut it. Um, but no, I uh, I said it on. We did a post game reaction podcast to that game because it was so exciting to see, and I said it then, um, and I'll say it now in case anybody didn't hear it. Um, <clears throat> my dad and I have this dumb little game where we decide who is and who isn't a real king, mm-hmm. and it doesn't take a lot to become a real king. But there are guys that have come and gone that never rose to that designation. Do you have a dumb name for it? Because I, I like the Yankees and these real these, king is that? <laughs> these Yankee fans do is they say that they you earn your pinstripes. Oh, interesting. Um, and I hate and I hate it. I hate it so much because you you see you play for the team. They pay you to play there. You you've got your you've got the uniform on. We don't. But now that you mention it, I am absolutely going to bring it up. And if anybody wants to tweet at me, suggestions. I mean, earning your crown is. The one that first leaps to mind, but it feels a little plagiaristic. Um, a little bit. But you're right. Yeah. Earning your pinstripes. I do know that phrase. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm going to have to think about it. <laughs> Get knighted? No, I don't know. Something. I'm sure you'll come up with something. Yeah. Very but uh, but that game, you. that game for me, at least, and I haven't confirmed with <clears throat> my dad yet, although we were texting each other all through the game and he and his friend didn't argue with me when I texted it. That to me was Victor Arvidsson is a real king game. Um. And it came at a crucial time, two losses in a row. You know, as I said on the postgame pod for that game, it, that game felt like 999 steps backward and 1,000 steps forward. Um, it, just a huge performance. And, you know, he's been out there every game, every shift, being himself and, and being incredibly important. So congratulations, Victor Arvidsson. This week's King of the Week. Here's the sound effect. So, Zach, before I let you go, I was looking at the standings and I was listening to a bunch of other people talk about the Kings and, you know, think about the Kings. That's what we get paid to do. And I realized at the beginning of the season, I loudly proclaimed that there were too many guys and I kept giving pushing dates back. Oh, they'll have to deal with it. They'll have to deal with it. They'll have to deal with it. 
I'm looking mm-hmm. at the roster now, and with with Leish Anderson on a conditioning assignment in Ontario and doing quite well, and Jared Anderson Dolan performing very well in Ontario and being recalled. When Leish Anderson's conditioning assignment is done, mm-hmm. he can be recalled. Anderson Dolan yep. can be sent back to Ontario. And you're looking at two rosters with almost no extra spots, both in second place in their respective divisions, both with veterans performing very well, both with younger players performing very well. And suddenly I am, I can't remember the last time I was this excited for both levels of the franchise heading into a playoff push. It's pretty rare, right, that you can see both teams succeeding, you know, the way that they are. Because a lot of times an NHL team being good means different things, you know, at the NHL level. Um, I think your point about there being, you know, too many guys has resolved itself. I think you you understood that some moves needed to be made. But I think the simplicity of what was done, you know, uh, an AHL trade and a, a reassignment to a European team solved that pretty quickly. Um, and now that just about everyone is healthy, um, you know, Alex Edler is on the verge and now you've got two rosters that have depth. If a guy goes down, you have not one option, but five options that could replace him at a given position, which is great. Um, and you can do that without hurting a really good AHL team in the process because they have so many other guys who can play higher roles than they're playing right now. So it, it really is exciting, you know, from a, a wins and losses standpoint, from a depth standpoint, from a future standpoint, it's all going pretty well right now. The last time both teams made the playoffs was 2018. Um, and I'm sure I was just as excited then because that's I'm an excitable guy when it comes to, to that sort of thing. But looking back at the at the rain roster that year, your leading scorer was Michael Mersch, uh, Matt Molson, TJ Hensick, Philippe Maillet, Mike Amadio, Brett Sutter was still on the team. Um, Johnny Brzezinski, Matt Luff, but like not the kinds of prospects that the Kings have in Ontario right now. And TJ Tynan is leading the AHL in scoring at the moment, I think. And Mm -hmm. I I don't know where Martin Furk ranks in goals, but he's, I think, third in the league in scoring. He's got to be up there. So, I mean, the the veterans you have are tried and true. You know, Tynan certainly should be in the conversation for AHL MVP for the second year in a row. And then you have Jordan Spence, who's having an, an unbelievable career. Gabe Velarde and Jared Anderson Dolan, who are both performing incredibly strong. Like every level of the sandwich is filled with top-notch ingredients. It's a terrible metaphor, but I'm going with it. <laughs> um, and then on the Kings, right? You have Deneau and Kopitar, and then you have Byfield and Kaliev, and you know, you've got Dowdy and you've got Dursey, right? Like opposite ends of the of the career. Um, or even Jordan Foot and Anderson, who are younger than Dursey. Anyway. Very excited, Zach. Very excited. Not just for the teams, but but for what we get to do in covering them. Glad to hear you say that. <laughs> to hear you so happy, so excited about the LA Kings and their prospects moving forward. Yeah, it'll be a lot more fun to be around, hopefully. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. You know what? We'll see how the game tonight goes um, and how, how we find you when we get back. Hopefully it's a right. 3-1-0 road trip. Um a little bit of a reversal of fortunes from the last time the Kings and Bruins met. Although I'm going to toss this out there again, because I did it the last time they played Boston. If they lose to Boston tonight, Monday, tomorrow, when we're talking, um, mm-hmm. not that I won't care, because obviously I'll care. But uh, 
that's the one you can afford to lose in the next, you know, three games. So not that they should, not that I want them to, but toss out a little perspective. Anyway, I'm going to say goodbye to you right now, Zach, but for listeners, it won't be for long because we're going to take a short break. And then when we come back, you and I had a conversation with Blake Lazat. Bad calls, dirty slashing. We expect a little bull on the ice, but you know when we can't stand it? When we're tracking packages, looking up tracking numbers, shipping statuses that never get updated. We call bullshit. So we got Route. It's the free app that tracks everything you order online in one place. Route sends us real-time tracking updates, or we can pop into the app to see where our stuff is on an actual map. Download the Route app in the App Store or Google Play, or head to route.com to learn more. No bullshit, just great tracking. All right, joining me now from Buffalo, New York, Zach Dooley. How are you doing today, Zach? Jesse, I'm doing well. Love Buffalo. And from your LA Kings, Blake Lazat. How are you doing today, Blake? I'm doing well. Uh, excited to be on here and hang out with you guys for a bit. Now, before we get into hockey talk, uh, there's a couple issues I want to tackle right off the bat. I understand you're about to go see a movie. Yeah, yeah. When in Buffalo, I guess. Uh, <laughs> sometimes, so. And uh, what movie are you going to go see? Uh, the new Batman movie. All right. So I've got a couple really important questions here for you. Uh, first of all, do you have a quote unquote bat? Like, who's your Batman if you have one? Um, I mean, I, to be honest, I like all the Batmans, but Christian Bale for me is like, because you know the movies came out when I was like a kid, so those sure. were always like the ones we were into, and and I personally think he's the best Batman to this to this point. We'll see after today, though. We'll see. Yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> and, and Zach, <laughs> do you have a Batman? Lizzo, you make me feel a little bit old because when I was a kid, it was the uh, it was George Clooney who was Batman. Uh, <laughs> but I agree that I think Christian Bale was the best Batman. I like those the best of all the movies. All right. Now you're right making on. me, now you're making me feel old. Cause for me, it's Michael Keaton and nobody's <laughs> Batman is George Clooney. That's an absurd statement. All right. Now, Blake, this one's a little bit harder, but I, you know, I need you to think about this one. Taking players from the Kings roster, who would make the best Batman villain? Ooh. I mean, I feel like I, I my go-to answer is always Drew Doughty, just because he's like <laughs> a character. But I, I sure. feel like he could pull pull off like a a Joker type uh, character in some Batman movie. That was the first thing that came to mind because I feel like he would own you, and then he would just like laugh in your face. <laughs> yeah. and, he you, and he would be exactly. he would be incredible at it. Exactly. So my my guess, if I had to guess, which who you guys would have gone with, I would have gone with Doughty or Lemieux. But I'd like to uh, suggest a, a, a sleeper candidate, a dark horse candidate, Jonathan Quick. I could see that. Yeah, I think would sure. be a, a terrifying Batman villain. He could be yeah, in like I, I, the in the Bale Batman with like more <laughs> stoic. Sure, like a serious, yeah. Serious actual, yeah. Nobody cared who he was till he put on the mask. Um, yeah, him and him and Bane are just best friends. I guess there you go. <laughs> um, Blake, one more question before we get to the hockey stuff. I feel like it was you as you were uh, walking out of locker room 10 there uh, in a post-practice interview. And I think I shot you a question about chair or towel at the beach. And I think you said you don't go to the beach. Yeah, I mean, admittedly so. Um, I like the beach. And obviously in L.A. there's lots of beaches. But uh, for me, we've got a pool at our uh, apartment complex. I uh, don't don't have to deal with sand. Don't have to hike down to the beach. It's just a, an easier thing to go down for an hour. Um, but like if, if you're going down with a group of buddies, you know, volleyball or whatever, uh, beach is the way to go. But it's just me or my wife and I, I like tend to stick to the pool. 
All right, you threw me a curve there. Pools are definitely better than beaches. There's no question about that. All right, you I, got I think that's an equally good would you rather or question. Are you a pool guy or are you a beach guy? Pool guy, it's beach guy, yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, if you live outside of Southern California, the winter sort of rules either one. Although I guess there's yeah. indoor heated pools. Anyway, let's get on to the on-ice stuff. Like, um, You joined the club two years ago and... I looked it up and uh, 33.82% of your ice time in your rookie season, you're skating on a line with Adrian Kempe and Austin Wagner. Now you're on a line with uh, Kaliev and Lemieux. And uh, I I don't know if this number is still accurate, but a few weeks ago, your line was the most frequent line combination, right? Like they're juggling the forward lines are, are one guy switching here. Even if two guys are together for a long time, those three of you are the most common pairing what is it about uh brendan and arthur that that make your job so much easier um you know i mean i think it's just consistency uh for the most part you know what you're getting out of of lemieux um night in and night out um very predictable Uh, a lot of hockey players uh underestimate how important it is to be predictable for your line mates um you know he plays the same way um, each and every night, like I said, so you don't have to guess, you don't have to play against either team and guess what your line mates trying to do with the puck. Uh, and as far as Artie goes, um, he's so skilled and, uh, works hard, uh, gives everything he has. And I think for him, just getting him the puck and, um, letting him use his shot, obviously in you know, the last couple of games, he said some nice goals. So, uh, he's proven that he can score at this level and, and has a great shot. So I think, um, I don't have to think about what he's doing either. Um, he's shooting. Um, I, a lot of times, like I said earlier, um, Indian Kempe is a shooter and a passer, which is an unbelievable player. And him and Kofi and whoever he plays with has great chemistry. Um, but at times you can get, you know, is he passing, is he shooting? Um, I think sometimes it makes it easier when you know if they're going to pass or if they're going to shoot as opposed to um, kind of either one. But um, yeah, and that's not a knock on Kempe for sure. He's unbelievable at everything he does. So. Uh, but I think for our line, it's just predictability is, is what's kept us playing together all year. Looking at you guys, you know, my interactions with you as people, it feels like three different personalities, you know, between you, Lemieux, and, and Artie. How has that part of it kind of come together, maybe being different kinds of guys? How, how do you mesh off the ice, you know, as you do on the ice? Um, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, we're all very different players, and I think – uh, if I could explain why it works, I'd be the best coach in the world. Uh, every <laughs> coach tries to figure out what why chemistry works with the line, and um, I don't think anyone has solved that that mystery yet. But um, it seems to work for us. You know, you got a shooter. Um, I work hard and, and can make plays, and, and Brendan's straight lines and and tough, and, and always is is given a hundred percent. And uh, fortunately for us, it's it's been a good click. There was a moment earlier this season, uh, we were asking Todd McClellan a similar question about your line. And he sort of dropped in a comment and feel free to ignore this or pretend like you have no idea what he's talking about. And he <laughs> said, and he was talking about the energy that you, that you and your line bring, but he said something along the lines of like, ah, sometimes uh, Lizzo and Pepe are chirping at each other or they're annoyed with each other or something like that. Do you guys get, frustrated with each other when you're coming back to the bench after a shift are you barking at each other sometimes and if so why why i mean i think this is natural uh when you're playing you know in the best league in the world uh your emotions get high we're all competitive we all want to win 
Uh, I think for, for Brendan and I, we both demand a lot out of each other and expect a high standard. Uh, and when we're not playing to that level, um, we kind of get on each other in a good way. You know, it's not tearing your teammate down. It's just accountability. Yeah. And I think the accountability part does sometimes wean over with emotion and, um, you know, you get a little um, wild with each other, but I think for the most part, Brendan and I um, have very good chemistry on the ice and I uh, don't take anything to heart. We're both here to make each other better and it, it works for us. You think some of that accountability has to do with increased expectations and increased, you know, high level this year, like this year's team, you know, you, you have a standard that you've set an identity that you've set. So if you're not playing to it, is it maybe more so emphasize like, Hey, like we're better than this. We're capable of more than this. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think our role on the team, uh, we all three of us know what our role is, is to provide energy and, and be strong defensively and, you know, chip in on the offensive side when we can. But uh, I think, yeah, when we're not playing to our identity as a line, um, it hurts the team. And, and all three of us are, are here to win and make playoffs and, you know, eventually win a Stanley Cup. Uh, and I think when we feel we aren't playing to our own individual expectation and standard uh, of what it takes to win in this league, um, we get get on each other and, and demand more of ourselves because we know that in the end um, it could cost us games if we're not playing uh, to our expectation. You talk about the identity as a line. You talk about the energy part of the game. Like in college, you were a, an elite scoring player. Um, your numbers would suggest at least. I can't say I watched too many St. Cloud State games, but how have you over these three years maybe – kept that offensive ability, which you guys have clearly shown, but also put the focus on, I'm going to be an energy guy and an effective penalty killer and excel in those areas as well. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, like you said, it's interesting. Every player growing up who's in the NHL was at one point a skill guy or, you know, a power play guy, a, a scorer, a playmaker, or playing 20 minutes a night. Um, and obviously when you're playing in the best league in the world, uh, that's not going to be the case for everyone. And I, and I think, you look at around the league, all the good teams um, have each line has an identity and each, each line and each player knows their role and perfects that role. And they don't try and I'm not going to go out there and try and play like Kopitar or Pat Maroon's not going to go out for Tampa Bay and try and play like Kucherov. Uh, you stay within your game. You're on that team for a reason and management puts that together um, and you perfect your game, um, whatever your game is, whether it's, you know, checking, um, skating, um, being good defensively or, or scoring goals. Um, each player on good teams knows their role and, and each player does their best to try and perfect that every night. There was a commercial a while ago, uh, just to age myself again. Um, I think it was with Dwayne Wade. And the idea was he gets knocked down seven times and he gets back up eight times or something like that. I might have the, the numbers wrong. Um, do you ever have a moment where you don't want to get back up just in, just in the moment where for a nanosecond, the thought crosses your mind of like, man, this, this sucks. <laughs> I'm done here. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's easy. That's the easy thing to do. Um, for me, my, whatever reason, I'm not really wired that way. Um, when I get hit more, I almost feel uh, more into the game and, and almost have more energy. If I don't know why that, makes sense or if it does at all I don't know but uh, for me it's it's the intense games the the physical games uh, the playoff type atmosphere is is something for me that just gives me energy whether I'm getting hit or, or taking or giving a hit or taking a hit or whatever that might be um, I actually enjoy those you know more physical games all right uh, this question 
I, I try to keep the irrational lunatic fan part of my brain away from the professional dealing with the people that actually work for and play for this team part of my brain, but I'm going to have a little crossover here. I apologize in advance. There was a thread last night happening while people were watching the game. You guys get down three to one. Uh, we're recording this after the Columbus game. If people are hearing this later. Um, and there were a couple comments about, Oh, this team uh, needs to get, uh, mentally tougher. And I was sort of laughing as I was reading the thread because your guys' record is incredible and I don't think anybody could accuse your team of not being mentally tough this season. And then you guys come back and have an incredible example and performance that would show just how mentally tough your team is. How important, I generally hate questions that start out with how important, I apologize, but how important is that win to you, your team, yourself, as an example of just how tough you guys are? Yeah, I mean, it's extremely important. Uh, you look at the standings, even just standings-wise, points-wise. You know, we got Vegas right behind us, Dallas. Um, Anaheim's not far back, Edmonton. Um, you lose one or two games, and, and you can lose two, three spots in the standings. And uh, coming off two losses, um, we felt we needed to win last night and obviously uh, the guys pulled together and got it done, but yeah, I mean the importance of that win to, and not even just like the one game, but going forward on the rest of this road trip, it's huge for our team and our confidence. Um, if you let, lose one game, fine. Uh, you let it slide into two, uh, two losses can turn into three, four, five pretty quick if you don't uh, get back on track. So um, last night was huge for us, not only just to get two points, but also moving forward. Lizzo, what, uh, what puts more of a, a chip on your shoulder? If someone told you, talked about you being an undersized player or you being an undrafted player? Um, or neither. Or, or does that, honestly, you honestly don't really neither. I, I, don't, I don't get yeah. upset if someone says, hey, Lizot gets, you know, hammered eight times a game. He's five foot four or whatever, you know. Um, I'm actually proud of the fact that, you know, I'm undrafted and I'm, I'm five eight. Um, not a lot of players in this league can do that and, and get away with it and, and stay here. Um, there's a lot of players that can play, you know, three, four, five games, but it's a whole other animal when you're, you know, up into the 100, 150, 200 game range uh, at my size being undrafted. So I'm actually extremely proud of uh, my size and, and the fact that I did go undrafted. You were undrafted, but you joined the club and I, I didn't ever, I knew this, but it didn't sort of lock into my brain until very recently. You joined the club the same off season that Todd McClellan did. So if we're talking about the, the reimagining the reconstruction of this Kings roster, obviously the rebuild of the, of the prospect pool gets a lot of attention, but the on ice reconstruction started, you know, you, you were there at the ground floor, basically. Um, how, how have you seen this team changed from what you expected or what you thought the team was when you signed? I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of a loaded question, but uh, I mean, we've added players and, and players have gone, but I think the, you know, the biggest difference for us between three years ago and now is just experience with our younger players. Um, like to Toby Bjornfoot, Mikey Anderson, myself, um, you know, other players, Trevor Moore, uh, when he came to the Kings, I don't think, I don't know, maybe 50 games played or something. Um, I think that experience in this league is, is invaluable. Uh, I can't even explain to you how important that is. And I think we're kind of seeing the fruits of, of our younger players, um, getting experience. And then also the additions of, you know, some players that are kind of surprising, like Sean Dersey, 
Um, no, he's a great player, but when he came in, he just acted like he just belonged here and was confident and um, didn't even skip a beat. So uh, those are kind of surprises you need to be a good team. And um, yeah, I think the makeup of our team is, is really good right now with the additions of, you know, Phil Deneau and obviously Victor Arvidsson after last night's performance, it's easy to say. Um, but even guys like Ole Mata um, kind of came in and, and wasn't really sure what to expect. And he's kind of come into his own and found his role here and has been playing unbelievable this season. Um, yeah, I think our management's done a great job of, of bringing the right guys in and that kind of feeds into the character and identity of our team is, is being straight lines and, and hard to play against high compete level. Um, we've got the right pieces in the right places right now. And, um, you know, hopefully that continues to click going forward down the stretch here. You kind of just answered what my last question was going to be, but it almost feels like if you've seen the movie Miracle, when Herb Brooks says, I'm not looking for the best players, I'm looking for the right ones. And you guys have several of the best players on, on this team, but it is kind of about having the right players, right? The right players for the right roles who can play well as a unit, make the unit bigger than some of its parts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I always compare hockey to basketball. It's, it's, it's so much different where, you know, let's say LeBron James, for instance, um, goes to Cleveland, wins a championship. He's the only player to leave Cleveland. Uh, and they went up championship to the worst team in the league by losing one player. And hockey is just not that way. You know, you can have the best player in the world on your team. And if you don't have the right guys around them and, and the right supporting cast, uh, it's not going to be successful. So it's kind of your point. Um, is this is cliche that sounds, you know, some of the depth players are equally as important as, um, you know, your stars. Uh, I think for us in our group, we have a lot of belief in each other um, from top to bottom. And um, yeah, I think ultimately you just trust each other and, and that leads to, um, you know, a better outcome than just the sum of one person. Well, Blake, the sum of this season has been a lot of fun for me. Um, and I think I speak for all Kings fans. So thanks for your time. Thanks for the season and uh, go enjoy the Batman. Hey, I appreciate it guys. You enjoy the rest of your day. 